Chapter 10 The Use of Chastisement If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? Hebrews 12, 7. It is essential to observe the distinction between punishment and chastisement. Punishment and chastisement may agree as to the nature of the suffering. The one suffering may be as great as the other. The sinner who, while he is punished for his guilt, may suffer no more in this life than the Christian who is only chastised by his parent. They do not differ as to the nature of the punishment, but they differ in the mind of the punisher and in the relationship of the person who is punished. God punishes the sinner on his own account because he is angry with the sinner, and his justice must be avenged, his law must be honored, and his commands must have their dignity maintained. However, he does not punish the believer on his own account, but it is on the Christian's account in order to do him good. He afflicts him for his benefit, he lays on the rod for his child's advantage. He has a good purpose toward the person who receives the chastisement. In regard to punishment, the purpose is simply with God for God's glory. In regard to chastisement, the purpose is with the person chastised for his good, for his spiritual profit and benefit. In addition, punishment is laid on a person in anger. God strikes him in wrath. But when he afflicts his child, chastisement is applied in love. All of the afflictions are put there by the hand of love. The rod has been baptized in deep affection before it is laid on the believer's back. God does not afflict willingly, nor grieve us for nothing, but He does so out of love and affection. He knows that if He leaves us unchastised, we will bring upon ourselves misery ten thousand times greater than we will suffer by His slight rebukes and the gentle blows of his hand. Scripture, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Isaiah 53, 5. He is admonishing you, not punishing you. He is correcting you in measure, not smiting you in wrath. There is no angry displeasure in his heart. Even though his brow may be ruffled, there is no anger in him toward you. Even though his eye may have closed upon you, he doesn't hate you, he still loves you. He's not angry with his heritage, for he sees no sin in Jacob or iniquity in Israel. Numbers 23 21, considered in the person of Christ. It is simply because he loves you, because you are his children, that he chastises you. Why would you complain about the providential dealings of your heavenly Father? Can he treat you more harshly than you deserve? Consider what a rebel you once were, but he has pardoned you. Certainly, if he chooses now to lay the rod upon you, you do not need to cry out. It was a custom among the Roman emperors of old that when they would set a slave at liberty, they would give him a blow upon the head and then say, Go free. This blow that your father gives you is a token of your liberty. And do you grumble because he smites you rather strongly? After all, are not his strokes fewer than your crimes and lighter than your guilt? Are you smitten as fiercely as your sins deserve? 
Consider the corruption that is in your heart, and then you will not wonder that there needs to be so much of the rod to drive it out. Weigh yourself on the scales, and discern how much dross is mingled with your gold. And do you think the fire is too hot to purge away as much dross as you have? Why, I think that you do not have the furnace hot enough. There is too much dross and too little fire. The rod is not laid on strict enough, for that proud spirit of yours proves that your heart is not thoroughly sanctified. Although it might be right with God, your words do not sound like it, and your actions do not portray the holiness of your nature. It is the old Adam within you that is groaning. Take heed if you murmur, for it will not go easy with those who complain. God always chastises his children twice if they do not bear the first blow patiently. I have often heard a father say, Son, if you cry about that, I will really give you something to cry about. So, if we murmur at a little, God may give us something that will make us cry. If we groan about nothing, he will give us something that will really make us groan. Sit down in patience. Scripture Despise not the chastening of the Lord. Proverbs 3:11. Don't be angry with him, for he's not angry with you. Don't say that he deals harshly with you. Let humility rise up and speak. Say, It is well, O Lord, you are just in your chastising, for I have sinned. You are righteous in your blows, for I need them to bring me near to you. If you leave me uncorrected and unchastised, I, a poor wanderer, will pass away to the gulf of death and sink into the pit of eternal perdition. That is the first sense in which we can despise the chastening of the Lord. We can murmur under it. There are certain things that happen to us in life that we immediately attribute to the providence of God. If a grandfather of ours would die and leave us a few thousand dollars, what a merciful providence that would be! If by something strange in business we were suddenly to accumulate a fortune, that would be a blessed providence. If an accident happens and we are kept safe and our limbs are not hurt, that is always a providence. But suppose we were to lose a few thousand dollars, would not that be a providence? Suppose our establishment would break up and our business would fail, would not that be a providence? Suppose we would break our leg during an accident, would not that be a providence? This is the difficulty. It is always a providence when it's a good thing, but why is it not a providence when it doesn't happen to be just as we please? Surely it is so, for if the one thing is ordered by God, so is the other. It is written, I form the light and create darkness, I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Isaiah 45, 7. I question whether that is not despising the chastening of the Lord when we set a prosperous providence before an adverse one, for I do think that an adverse providence should be the cause of as much thankfulness as a prosperous one. If it is not, we are violating the command, In everything give thanks. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. Instead, we say, Of what use will this trial be to me? I don't see how it can possibly be useful to my soul. 
I was growing in grace just now, but there is something that has damped all my passion and has overthrown my zeal. I was just on the Mount of Assurance, and God has brought me to the Valley of Humiliation. Can that be any good to me? A few weeks ago I had wealth, and I distributed it in the cause of God. Now I have none. What can be the use of that? All these things are against me. You are despising the chastening of the Lord when you say it is of no use. No child thinks that the rod is of much benefit. In his opinion, anything in the house is of more use than that rod. If you were to ask the child which of the household items could be done away with, he would want to keep the chairs, tables, and everything else except the rod of correction. He doesn't think it does any good whatsoever. He despises the rod, and so do we. We don't think it can benefit us. We want to get rid of the rod and turn it away. Scripture My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord. Proverbs 3 11. Let me show you how wrong you are. Does your ignorance cause you to say that God is unwise? I thought it was written that He was too wise to err, and I thought that you believed that He was too good to be unkind. Does your little wisdom claim for itself the chair of honor? Doth your finite knowledge stand up before your Maker and tell Him He is unwise in what He does? Will you dare to say that one of His purposes will be unfulfilled and that He does an unwise act? If so, if you will speak this way, then you are recklessly arrogant and ignorant. Do not say such things, but bend meekly down before His superior wisdom and say, O God, I believe that in the darkness you are brewing light, that in the storm clouds you are gathering sunshine, that in the deep mines you are fashioning diamonds, and that in the beds of the sea you are making pearls. I believe that however unfathomable your designs may be, they have a bottom. Though it is in the whirlwind and in the storm, you have a way, and that way is good and righteous altogether. I would not have you alter one atom of your plan. It will be just as you desire. I bow before you, and I give my ignorance the word to hold its tongue, and to be silenced while your wisdom speaks words of right. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord by thinking that it can be of no possible service to you. Many people have been corrected by God when that correction has been in vain. I have known Christians who have committed some sin, and God, by the rod, has shown them the evil of that sin. They have been smitten and have seen the sin, but never afterward corrected it. That is, despising the chastening of the Lord. When a father chastises a son for anything he has done, and the boy immediately does it again, it shows that he despises his father's chastening. In the same way, we have seen Christians who have had errors in their lives, and God has chastened them because of it, but they have done it again. You will remember a man named Eli in the Bible. God chastened him once when he sent Samuel to tell him dreadful news, that because he had not reproved his children, those children would be destroyed. 1 Samuel 3, 12-14. But Eli continued the same as ever. He despised the chastening of the Lord, although his ears were made to tingle, 
and in a little while God did something else for him. His sons were taken away, and then it was too late to fix things, for the children were gone. When he had the opportunity to reform, his character had passed away. How many of you get chastened by God and do not hear the rod? There are many deaf souls who do not hear God's rod. Many Christians are blind and cannot see God's purposes, and when God would take some foolishness out of them, the foolishness is held on to. Not every affliction benefits the Christian, but only a sanctified affliction does. Not every trial purifies an air of light, but only a trial that God Himself sanctifies by His grace. Take heed if God is trying you. Be sure to search and find out the reason. Are the consolations of God small with you? There is some reason for it. Have you lost that joy you once felt? There is some cause for it. Many people would not suffer half as much if they would only look to the cause of the suffering. I have sometimes walked a mile or two, almost limping along because there was a stone in my shoe, and I did not stop to look for it. Many Christians go limping for years because of the stones in their shoes, but if they would only stop to look for them, they would find relief. What is the sin that is causing you pain? Get it out and take away the sin, for if you don't, you have not regarded this admonition that speaks to you as unto sons, My son despise not the chastening of the Lord.